Let's analyze misinformation, peace, investigate real education, and utilize family, spiritualization, and discover the soul of us. The soul of us. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. All right, now, uh, Appreciate you guys again. It's another Friday. Um, we back at it. Um, giving you the Soul of Us podcast, episode six. Episode six. Episode six is going to be parenting slash raising your children. So uh, today's episode will be about um, parenting and how parenting affects um, children, um, how it affects us as parents or you as a child. We're just going to talk about raising children and, and all the different things that um, comes along with that. Uh, you know, everything that we talk about is related to our emotional wellness. It's related to our, you know, trauma awareness. Um, it's ready to educate ourselves about our emotional health. So, you know, here we are, another episode, Soul of Us podcast, you know, raising children, parenting. Um, just a little recap of what we've been dealing with um, throughout the, you know, season. Um, we've been talking about emotional wellness and um, last last week we, uh, we talked about poverty and addiction and how poverty and addiction can impact your life in a major way, shaping your emotional wellness and shaping your personality, shaping your mental health. Uh, so we wanted to come on here um, and just follow up with just different topics about, you know, what we go through as people. And, um, you know, another one of our topics has been, you know, um, you know, f- not family, excuse me. Another one of our topics has been trauma awareness but trauma awareness related to, you know, our relationships, um, how we see ourselves, how we, how we, our emotional literacy. So we've been talking about, you know, how do we see our emotional literacy? Um, Are you emotionally well? Are you able to integrate? Are you able to read and understand your feelings and, and, and act on them in a a socially healthy way? Um, We also talked about, you know, uh, racism and the impact of racism on our emotions and how that dictates uh, our um, our responses and shapes our personality, right? And perceptions, uh, the different perceptions and growing up and how we're taught to perceive certain things and how that shapes our emotions and our, our reactions. So everything is geared towards understanding our emotions and how things impact our emotions every day. Uh, and that's associated with trauma. Our main focus is educating folks Uh, people on trauma awareness and uh, emotional literacy and social emotional learning and social emotional learning. The five core principles of that is self-awareness, social awareness, um, relationship building, responsible decision making, as well as regulation, self-regulation, self-modulation, being able to um, govern yourself in a healthy way. Right. So we're going to get started with today's episode, Parenting Slash Raising Children. So when we think about parenting slash raising children, right, what comes to mind? It's 2021, um, so parenting looks a little different uh, in 2021 than it looked in, uh, excuse me, 
apparently looked a little different than it looked five to 10, 15 years ago. So uh, when we think about parenting and raising children and the impact of parenting, uh, the impact of raising children, right? Um, what do we think about? So, you know, if you follow Soul of Us, um, you know, we are uh, constantly posting daily inspiration. And it's related to trauma awareness and emotional literacy and social emotional learning, right? So our main focus lately has been parenting, right? And the impact of adverse childhood experiences. So, you know, people need to learn about adverse childhood experiences because this is what shapes us. You know, what's up, everybody? You know, everybody that's on the live with us, appreciate you for coming out, man. Each and every Friday, you know, we're giving y'all this, you know, appreciate y'all. Jeff, what's going on? IG, what's going on? Uh, Tamika out here on Facebook. Let's go. Let's go. Please like, share, subscribe. Um, Soul of Us um, on Facebook is Soul of Unified Stance. On Instagram, it's, uh, excuse me, Unified Stance Family Services on Facebook and the Soul of Us on Instagram. So again, let's get started. Let's get it. Let's get it cracking. Let's turn over this information, right? Because we're about to have a magical experience. Because what we want to do is be able to impart the information to you guys that is going to empower you to change your behaviors, to change your perceptions, to change the way you, you know, respond to the world. Right. Because we've learned all these things and it took us all our lives to become who we are. But we're not we haven't necessarily been taught the skills necessary to get the life that we want. And you don't necessarily have to go through the red tape, the ups and downs to find out. Some of the stuff is practical knowledge that you can pick up a book and read. And I'm just going to be here to guide you guys here to coach you guys. Because after you read it, after you get this knowledge, it then has to become practice, practice, practice. So let's go ahead and get started with this practice. All right. So we're going to talk about parenting. Right. So I said something. Right. I said adverse childhood experiences. So when we think about parenting, when I think about parents, I think about for me, you know, I grew up, you know, um, without knowing my uh, biological father, without having a meaningful relationship and attachment to my biological father. So when I think of parenting, that always is like something that, bam, pops in my head, is that I didn't, buy, I didn't grow up with my biological father and that my dad, that I call my dad, um, is the man that stepped up to raise me, right? So you know, that's when I think about parenting because it was monumental because he didn't have to step up and raise me. So I don't know when you think about parenting or raising children, uh, what you think about. But when you think about adverse experiences, these are things that um, happen to children or parents inflict on children. Um, and it shapes who we are as people. It shapes who we are. We don't talk about these things. We kind of normalize them. They become talking points amongst people in different circles. But, you know, it's reality. When we look at the news and you see different behaviors, uh, when you look at the news and you see different criminal activity, there's an underlying um, foundation that's causing these things to happen, right? And we don't 
necessarily think of mental health as the major um, health that we should be attacking. You know, our health system has us focus on our physical health more than our mental health. And anyone who knows health understands that a lot of our disease and sickness starts on a mental plane, right? On a mental plane and through different, you know, the right environment, the right set of circumstances, it stressful environments is what I'm speaking of, or stressful events, it becomes physical illness, right? And your diet associated with it. So um, colon cancer, heart disease, all of these things was associated with our ability to process our emotions. Right. So we have a lot of unprocessed emotional harm, emotional weight that uh, is due to our childhood, uh, what we were exposed to. And that's why we're talking about parenting and um, raising children today, because we want to raise healthy children and we also want to be healthy parents. Right. So it has twofold. We have to understand what it means to be a parent what it means to be a child, um, and what it means to be healthy. So, uh, you know, defining parent, you know, just a simple definition, just someone there to take care of a child. Everyone can have a child, but that doesn't make you a parent. Parent is someone there to take care of the child's emotional, physical needs, um, financial needs, spiritual needs. You're there to, you know, holistically care for this cub, you know, this buck as they grow up, you know, and become a, a, a grown person, you taking care of the kiddo. So the kiddo, the child definition, your offspring, um, someone that you're there to mold, um, to help see the world, uh, to be, to bring the best out in them. Um, this is, these are the definitions of children, um, right? Um, you know, whether it's blood, or it's your child associated with who you chose to be your child or a parent, whether it's your blood parent or who you chose or who chose to raise you. Um, these are the definitions, right? Now, with that, there's a relationship. There's a relationship between those two. So parenting, like I said, anyone can have a child, but that doesn't make you a parent. Because like I said, in my own experience, right, my own adverse childhood experience, my biological father was not actively in my life, even to this day, you know, uh, as handsome young man as I am, strapping young man as I am, you know, uh, you can't hear, you can't hear, but if you can hear, type one in the chat, please, if you can hear us, type one in the chat, say what's up, if you can hear us, say what's up, yeah, so, as I was saying, like my my grandfather, I mean my father, excuse me, my father, he wasn't in my life, so that was an adverse child experience for me because even me being grown, you know, I I still don't have you know a relationship with him, so you know my relationship is with my like I said, my father who chose me, um, who chose to raise. Me. My apologies. We're having some technical difficulties on. We back though. We back though. We back. We back. So uh what we were talking about. Here we go. 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 So what we were talking about parenting slash raising children, right? And the trauma associated with trauma, trauma associated with raising children. And um basically, you know, um, I was just giving my own experience, you know. 
the fact that, you know, my father wasn't in my life and that I was raised by someone else and how that shaped my personality and how it shaped my characteristics. And um, right. So we wanted to, you know, talk about, you know, uh, basically give some education on different things when it comes to parenting. And so we, we define parenting. Uh, we uh, define children, uh, what that looks like uh, to be a child. Um, so, and then we just start to define like that trauma associated with some types of experiences that are associated with childhood. Because again, we also define social emotional literacy and traumas, trauma awareness. And we wanted to also dive deep into emotional literacy. So those three things are shaped by your parenting style. So your emotional literacy, one, your ability to uh, receive emotions, um, to identify, to label, to read and integrate them in a healthy and social way that is impacted by your parenting style, right? Or impacted by whoever's parenting you. Also, as well, you have um, your social emotional learning that's impacted by your parenting style, how you was raised. Or if you're parenting, you're impacting your children's self-awareness. You're impacting your children's social awareness. You're impacting your children's ability to uh, make responsible decisions. Their ability to regulate themselves is tied to their parenting style, how they're being raised, right? Their ability to build relations is tied to how they're being raised or who we are as people. So we got to understand, you know, you know, parenting and how it affects us, how it impacts us, how it impacts us on a major level. Like really, like it did, it can determine your altitude. It can determine how you perceive life. It can determine how you receive information, um, how you just, you know, the the foundation of who you are and parenting. And I, and I just being a social worker, nurse, being a healthcare professional, working with children and working with people. Uh, one of the first places I worked when I moved to Memphis was Job Corps. And what I seen with a lot of people who in Job Corps is not traditional uh, education um, setting. It's more of an alternative setting for people in high school and more of a trade school for people who may not want to go to traditional college after uh, high school, right? So what I saw, I was doing a lot of emotional, um, not, excuse me, I was doing a lot of emotional, uh, excuse me, motivational empowerment uh, around building identity uh, for success, right? So I would do their intro motivational interviewing, um, I'd also run a poetry group or conflict resolution group uh, geared towards improving uh, their emotional skills, uh, ability to, uh, you know, um, have a better life through conflict resolution. So what you see, I saw a lot in children from all around the country is that parenting is impacting people in the worst ways. Um, and people have the most resentment and guilt and shame from how they were raised. Um, and we have to look at it uh, like that because people will say, my mom treated me such and such. My dad treated me such and such. And we know that adverse childhood experiences, as we talked about before, when we talked about trauma, is that adverse childhood experiences will, you know, what's your number? 
you take the survey and the survey is about 10 questions and it asks you, you know, had you been abused mentally, physically? Did you lose a parent? Uh, did you witness criminal activity? Um, were you sexually abused? Were you uh, exposed to um, substance abuse? Um, different questions, about 10, but you get a number. And if your number is above three to four, you're more likely to have addiction. You're more likely to have mental health issues. You're more likely to have health issues, whether it's diabetes, heart disease, um, you know, all types of things associated with stress, right? So parenting is like very major. And we're seeing that, and especially in marginalized um, communities of color, that parenting structures um, are are becoming generational cycles where you have certain styles of emotions, certain styles of communication being passed down from one generation to the next generation. And that can be considered in a transgenerational trauma, generational curses in the community. We know we'll talk about it. Like, yeah, I'm trying to break my curse. Your curse may be drinking. Your curse may be, you know, being a narcissist. Your curse may be being a person who's a people pleaser. You know, it's all different types of curses associated with parenting. So um, we want to actually define, we want to define parenting and the trauma associated with parenting, right? Because we know when we talk about adverse childhood experiences, we'll say, yeah, I went through this, but what did that look like as a child? Like if you're a parent and you're parenting a child, what does it look like with your child? Um, if they've been through something, right? Uh, if you're raising them, how do you know you traumatized them? And, or, you know, if you're an adult and you're like, well, I went through something, I'm, I might be traumatized. How would you know? How would you know through, how did, how would you know that, okay, yeah, you say that I was, my, my dad didn't, for me specifically, my dad didn't raise me. So what did that do to me as a child, Right. And how did that shape me and my personality and my emotional literacy, my ability to uh, uh, to integrate my emotions? Did it stunt my growth? You know, and, and for me, I'll be honest, I had to go through everything that I'm teaching you guys right now in order to be able to um, really heal and help others see the path to healing. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to read something to you guys. Uh, here we go. So when we talk about like the expression of trauma as a child, right? There's specific things, right? Let's talk about first childhood trauma can look like these things. So if you're a parent, right? This is, this is, we're talking about the formula for what you see today for the disruption for the dysfunction, for the singleness, um, for the narcissist, for the emotionally unavailable. We, we're talking about what's below that iceberg. What's what's on the other side of that equal sign, right? So at the beginning of that equal sign, you have the childhood trauma. And the childhood trauma can look like you having to deal. You see, okay, a parent, a parent. Let's talk about we all were children, right? So we all had parents. So what I'm talking about specifically right now is you as a parent may be doing this, 
or you as a child may be receiving this or you received that when you were a child, right? So what can trauma look like? Trauma can look like having to deal with intense mood swings from your parents. Intense mood swings from your parent, meaning it's your parent can go from zero to 100 real quick. So any little thing could their nerves is bad, anything to have them, you know, go from, you know, anxiety filled. They could be yelling. They could be, you know, um, anxious, you know, all different types of expressions of mood swings. Right. But you as a child having to deal with that or you as a parent going through this impacting your child, that's traumatic. Right. So another one. A parent neglecting and not spending time with their child. I, I spoke of that specifically. I spoke of that specifically. So, and what I mean by that, I spoke of that specifically for me. That was traumatic traumatic for me. Now I have my father, you know, there with me um, to under, help me understand my own DNA, to help me understand, like, why I look like this, why I move like this. You know, my mom was there and my dad who stepped up, but it's something about your biological chemistry that when you give your child your DNA, you you mark them. You mark them. When we start talking about generational curses and 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 generational traumas, that's DNA wise. Like you pass something down, and you're there to help them. You're there to help understand who they are throughout time and space, throughout their lineage, throughout their future future to come. So if not spending time with them. Or helping them understand who they are is very traumatic, right? So another one, a child who needs to take care of themselves or take over the parenting role. And you see that a lot, especially when you hear, oh, my mom was a party girl or my mom was a teenage mom or, you know, uh, my dad wasn't there for me. He always was working. Well, you got to learn how to protect yourself. You got to learn how to do for yourself. You got to cook. You got to clean. You got to take care of your siblings. You basically are the parent. You're taking care of everybody. And, you know, you're the one that's supposed to be actually being taken care of. So it, it leaves you in a place of, you know, man, it's messed up. Having to carry weight as a child that you shouldn't have to carry. Right. So another one, a child not being cared for properly by their parent. And that could be abuse. That could be mental abuse, physical abuse, uh, emotional abuse, all of these different things when it talks about not being properly cared for. And that's not see a lot of people and we have to change this ideology. A lot of people grow up with the ideal that if my child is taken care of financially, then my child is good. That is a lie. I'm here to tell you that's a lie. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how much money you spend on your child. Just because you financially well, just because your child got a roof over their head, don't mean that they are well. Don't mean that they're going to grow up to be a great person. Doesn't mean that they're not going through things as a person, right? So we got to get out that mind state because you could be living in a house that got all the essentials of life, but don't have love. Don't have caringness, empathy, compassion. So we got to understand what people need and money is not not money is not the suffice money does not support you as a human being outside of the material things right so you you can't get love from money you can't buy love you can't buy support you can't buy stability safeness you feel me like you can buy a house you can buy uh, in a nice neighborhood but if you've been if you've been traumatized 
right? If you've been traumatized due to different things, you're taking that baggage with you. And until you unpack, it doesn't matter where you go. And as children as well, man, whatever you've been through, what are we talking about? You take that wherever you go. So we have to open our eyes, open our eyes again, right? Because it's another one. A child not feeling safe or protected by their parent is a major thing. So again, if you're always out, you're a party person, or you're always at work, but the light's on for the child by themselves, or then they have to become the parent and they got to parent themselves. Do you think that child feels safe? Do you think you grow up feeling safe when you got to go to the store by yourself? You got to learn how to protect yourself. You got to put on a facade. You're still a child. You lose your innocence at this time because you get exposed to different things. And then you have to have the attitude of an adult, which is the attitude of survival or protection. You know, I have to, you know, I got to take the threat out. The threat has to be taken out. Right. And again, our children shouldn't be having to grow up that fast. These are traumatic experiences. So all we're doing right now is just outlining the traumatic experiences or the things that shape us and our personalities as a child, right? So we talked about a child not feeling safe or protected by their parent. Also, having a parent suffering from personality disorder. Big. Having a parent suffering from personality disorder. Ooh. So this is like, and that can be diagnosed or undiagnosed. Thank you. I want to say that again. That could be diagnosed or undiagnosed. And see, we have a lot of people who are mentally off, you know, not saying you have a mental illness, but everything's not right. Everything's not like smooth and they haven't really got that help. So they're thinking that they're normal and doing normal things, but impacting their environment in maladaptive ways. And because no one's ever maybe checked them or educated them or given them the right way because, you know, majority of people around them may be just like them, right? They're impacting their children or they as a child are getting impacted in a major way due to this person's instability mentally or socially or emotionally, right? And it's a major thing. And that can be anxiety. That can be bipolar, that can be um, narcissism, um, that can be antisocial, uh, all different things. It appears in many different ways, but we have to check our mental health, especially when we're doing it. What's up, y'all? What's going on, Miss Akinemi on Instagram? Appreciate y'all for making it through the technical difficulty that we had today because the computer said we wasn't going to have a podcast. But like I said, we got back on it. It just had took a little time and we back. So I just appreciate y'all for sticking with us here on Instagram because Instagram been rolling the whole time, you know. So, you know, that's what's up, though. But we talking about specifically right now. We're talking about how parenting impacts our emotional wellness, our emotional literacy, our social emotional learning. And we we defined those things earlier. But right now we're talking about what does childhood trauma look like? You know, we'll, we heard of adverse childhood experiences, but we ain't talked about what did that kind of look like? So specifically, we're talking about mental illness in our parents, whether checked, diagnosed or undiagnosed and how that impacts the child. Right. So another one is a child not having their emotional needs met. A child not having their emotional needs met. So for me, okay, all right, bam. Now, mind you, a little bit more of my story, 
my father who raised me, the man that stepped up, he didn't step up into my life until I was seven years, five years old, right? So my mom got married when I was five. It was a rocky thing. So by the time everything got settled, my little brother was born. We moved. I was about seven. So between first seven years of my life, I really didn't have stability when it came to parenting. When it, I had my mom and that was it. And then, you know, having my pop come into my life. So, and they say the first seven years of your life are like very critical because it's critical to your, your neural, you know, development, your brain development, your body development, your personality development, how you receive information, how you respond to information, right? So for me, my first seven years was traumatic and it shaped me like, like that's why when I say a child not having their emotional needs met is major because it shapes you because your emotions are who you are. Like we're, that's what we're talking about, your emotional literacy. So if you're having a mother who really doesn't have the time to be there with you because she's a single mother and she's doing the best that she can. So she she may have her own issues herself. She can't give you the emotional help that she that you need. Or And if you're in my position, my mom had a diagnosis that was she was working to try to control. So I was not only exposed to one, not having a parent there to meet my emotional needs as a man because my mom can't meet all my needs. My mom can meet most of my needs, but as a man, as a child, not even a man, as a child, the father structure, the father is important when it comes to emotional needs being met. So if you're not, if you don't have access to a father or a male figure, flat out, let's just put it out there. Let's be honest. You're not getting all of your emotional needs met. And we see a lot of times, you know, people try to remedy that by putting them around in football basketball, putting them around male th- figures. And that that can do, but when you're talking about you're in a house 24-7 and you're not getting your needs met on a regular basis, that can have a major impact. And as I know from firsthand, now that's just from education, from experience-wise, that my needs are not met emotionally because I didn't know who I was as a child because I didn't know my family. I didn't know who, you know, you know, who I was, what that meant to be uh, a waller. You know, I knew my name, but identity is everything when you're a child. Identity is everything. You want to know who you are, where you come from, why I look the way I look, why I walk the way I walk, why I talk the way I talk, you know, and, and when, and when things don't, you don't have that knowledge readily available, you have to figure it out. And sometimes it, it could be a bad thing because that's when you have these young men and women who aren't being brought up emotionally well, trying to find themselves within social media, trying to find themselves within the streets, find the time to find trying to find themselves within maladaptive, you know, unhealthy behaviors, loving the toxic because they're not getting the emotional needs met. And what we get, we got hurt people hurting people. Because their their identity is being shaped by their heart. They're hurt and harm as a child. You know, we said, like, my emotional needs wasn't met. I had to learn and go through so much emotional trauma as a child growing up into a human being, a man that you see today. Times where I cried, not knowing why I'm crying. Times where I felt abandoned. I felt resentment. 
And it's like, why? Because of the relationship between my mom and my dad and my other dad. You see what I'm saying? It just was so much in the shaping of me, right? And I went through my own trials and tribulations. And I know everybody has their own trials and tribulations. I know how everybody has their own um, sets of adverse childhood experiences that shape them. And that's why we're going through it. I'm just using myself as an example because I can relate to some of these different things that we're talking about that childhood traumas look like. And like to the last two that I'm going to talk about is being abused by someone close to you, being abused, right? And that abuse can be of a very different, very different nature. What I mean that that abuse could be mental, I mean, talked down to, um, told you ain't going to never be nothing. Uh, you look like your daddy. Uh, oh, you it could be everything, you know, watching your mother um, take your daddy down through it. Um, that could be emotional abuse. It all We know about sexual abuse and then the sweeping under the rug. That's another thing. So you're being abused and then it being swept under the rug. Nobody wanted to talk about it or you're growing up and everybody knows what happened, but everybody pretending like nothing happened. So that abuse can happen in so many different ways. And we have to really start to open our eyes. Wake up, everybody, no more sleeping in bed because people are hurt. They are hurt, hurt, not just hurt with a side of fries. We're talking about hurt, four piece in a biscuit hurt. You feel what I'm saying? Like they hurt and we're trying to maneuver through life. And just hurting each other even more. And it started back when you was five. And now you're 35. Now you got 30 years of hurt. 30 years of unprocessed life experiences. Right? And that's the thing. Like, we got to start to know that have these conversations. Have those open discussions about what's going on with you. And when did it start? When did it start? Well, if you can't sit still, why? Were you abused by somebody close to you? Were you witnessing abuse? Because you being a child, hearing about it, then it being swept under the rug can impact you too. That sweeping under that rug, that ignoring, that unprocessed hurt is damaging. It's like the crack of emotional hurt, right? And what I mean by it can do the most destruction, right? Because that unprocessed harm then becomes the foundation for unhealthy behavior. Okay. So, and that unhealthy behavior, let's let's get to it. Let's keep going. What can that look like? What does that unhealthy behavior look like? Right. So again, so we start talking about this. Let me give you this, this the, the steps, and I'm gonna give you what those unhealthy behaviors can look like. So we got those unhealthy behaviors, the, the the traumas that we just talked about and just parenting and being raised as a child and the things that we go through and how it can impact our, 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 our beingness, right? It starts as a child, but then it disrupts our neural development, meaning it disrupts our personality. It disrupts our ability to connect. It, it, it disrupts our ability, our intellect, our, our way to process things. It just takes us and dumbs us down, right? The trauma dumbs you down. 
Instead of you being able to run as fast as you can, now you're running with cinder blocks. You're running a little slower. And the more trauma you got, yeah. And eventually you stop fighting. I ain't going to run. I ain't going to run no more. I'm not running. No. But we got to keep running. Right? But and we got to understand why we why we getting slower. Why we not as 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 happy as we used to be? Why we why we not as skinny as we used to be? Why we why we don't um enjoy things like we used to be? What's going on? What happened to us, right? Because it's disrupting our neuromuscular social development, right? And then what does that look like? It becomes a social, emotional, or cognitive impairment. So the ability, not the ability to be able to have relations. People being single well into their 40s and 50s because they can't coalesce. They can't, I can't, I, I'm just, I gotta have it my way. I gotta, I gotta have it my way. That, you know, these is unhealthy behaviors. Not being able to share, not being able to be empathetic. This is what's shaped from that trauma. Not being emotionally available. I gotta have it my way. You don't, I can't tell you, I can't show you who I am. If I show you who I am, you might not like me. So I got to pretend. And that started at a young age. That started from trauma that people been through, right? You know, the the ability to to harm someone and and not feel no type of way, right? That started as a child. Again, you witnessed something and then they got it got swept under the rug and everybody around numb to it. What you think you're gonna be a grown person? Uh, that happened to me. I ain't you're gonna have that numbness. That PTSD is real. That's one of the most common causes of the diseases today, but we don't even talk about it because stress, you know, we throw it out there, but especially in marginalized communities of color, we don't even think about mental health. We try to get this money, we try to get this money. You already know healthy. I'll be healthy when my pocket's fat, but. That's not the key to happiness in a long life, right? And we see that because every day we turn on the TV, we got people who got millions of dollars that'll give their life up for nothing. So, again, mental illness is very key. And we have to understand, like, what's going on. So, we, like we said, those we have the experiences of children, we the trauma, we, we, we know what that looks like. So we know what you know that trauma looks like, and and we so we said that 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 it impacts us, it harms us, and that harm starts to look at social, emotional, or cognitive impairment, and so you start to adapt healthy, unhealthy, or health risk behavior, right? So meaning you start to either smoke heavy, or you start to club and drink heavy, or you start to do drugs. Like I said, all of these different adverse effects that come from this childhood, the parenting, the way you was raised, you, you start to become a different person. And these, these behaviors do not help you live a long life. These behaviors ultimately take years off your life uh, or hinder you from being able to live a positive, purpose-driven life where you have the people um, in your life that you can connect with them. You can have meaningful experiences or meaning-making experiences, right? So that's you, you start to adopt that negative mentality, that negative mind. A negative mind will never lead to a positive life. And what we get is those cycles now. You get to be in a cycle. You've adapted them. Now you're in a cycle. Now you can't get further because you don't think you can get further. You don't get relationships because you don't 
open up in relationships. You don't trust people. Uh, you don't get trust because you don't trust people, right? So we get in cycles, and the cycles, and we and we believe it's 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 people, and and it's people why I'm going through what I'm going through, and 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 they don't understand it, and it's like no, we don't understand ourselves. We don't understand why we're attracting people who are not trustworthy because we may not be trustworthy because we don't know how to trust. We don't know how to share or be empathetic or or not be selfish or not be narcissistic, gaslight people, right? So that becomes the cycles. And what do these cycles lead to? They lead to disease, disability, right? It leads to social pressure, meaning like, oh, I got to be like them. I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to keep up. I got to be with the Joneses. I got to have what they got. You know, the trauma leads to a life of uncertainty, a life of uh, identity shaped by other people and what other people think and, and how other people move versus you being able to love yourself. This trauma leads to a low self-love, a low self-esteem. That's why when children, when you see them and they're growing up in traumatic experiences, it'd be all over. You can see it. You can see it. And, and ultimately, these things lead to an early death because now you're overindulging. Your, your focus and your perception is off. Um, you don't know how to take a step back and pause for the cause and say, I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to put me first. Right. So but what does these cycles look like? Right. So we have part two. Part one, we were saying trauma, what that trauma looked like for parenting, besides raising your children. You know, we define the child, define the people, um, to, to define the parents, right? So now we want to define what does it look like when you are a grown person who has been traumatized majority of your life, right? Because we talk about trauma response, and that's what we're saying, right? When you're parenting, you have to realize that you're doing, like we said earlier, the job of molding a child into who they are. And if you are a parent, you have a, a, a almighty task because your child doesn't go off of what you say. They go off of what you do and what they experience. So exposure is like currency. So whether you're exposing them to love and caring and empathy and, and success, or you're exposing them to pain and destruction and, and, and ignorance. And um, so all of these things are at the core root of raising a child or being a parent. Um, so, and what does that look like when, you know, you have a child who has been, you know, you good. Uh, when you have a child that, you know what I'm saying, has been hurt, hurt or harmed and, or you have a parent who's harming a child Right. And we say, what is it? You know, it shapes your personality. How does it shape your personality? What does that mean? Um, so those trauma responses, what does that look like? And man, we're about to get deep right here. Like if I ain't been making sense, if I ain't told y'all nothing, we're going to tell y'all something right now. We give y'all peace. So what I'm going to tell y'all about these trauma responses. So. When. When. We got to look at it, right? Like, so take that time to think about yourself. Think about who you are and what you've been through as a child, as a person, and what that means, right? Because 
relate. I want you to see. Can you relate to what I'm about to say? So trauma responses. And when we say we, what that looks like as a child, the neglect, the emotional abuse, the the uh, um, losing a parent, all those different things, right? So when you see these different things, hmm, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I wanted to read this before I read that, read that, okay? So uh, I, wanted, I want you guys, because these responses, right? I had posted something, and I'm going to get to the responses real quick. But I had posted something. It said, I wish I knew that the need to see others happy could be tied to trauma. When you are a child and your parents are unhappy with themselves, their life, or one another, this causes you to feel unsafe, right? So if your parents, they don't like each other or you, you, you know, they unhappy with their life, they, all types of stuff going on in front of you, you feel unsafe. So you learn to pretend that you don't have needs. You learn to pretend to shrink, to not be a, a burden, right? To not upset others. To avoid feeling unsafe, you become a comic or the hero or the one always wishing to bring others together, the positive one, and to see a negativity in a way to control and feel safe. So in the end, you stuff your emotions down because you're trying to suppress. You don't want to be a burden to others. You don't want to hurt others. You want to uplift them. But that's traumatic because you're not dealing with your own emotions, right? You're not dealing with your own pain. So you're crying inside. We're crying on the inside because our parents aren't safe. We don't feel safe, but we're trying to make our parents feel safe. And that goes in with that, having to feel protected, having to grow up and be your parent or take on parenting roles, you know? So I wanted to do that. I wanted to talk about that one before I actually go in and we're about to go in and like we're going in right quick. Like, cause. When I saw this information, you know, it 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 put me in a different space. It took me to a different space when I started talking about these responses and the responses that you know you see every day. So, man, um, again, these trauma responses, like I just said, like the needing, like you being a comic, you know, or you trying to be the hero. Like I've been in that space. Like you know, my mom. You know, I had a lot of stress growing up because, you know, she was dealing with her own issues. So I, I never wanted to feel like, and I realize that now I'm a people pleaser. So, you know, that's where I'll start with myself, like with these trauma responses, right? So we always know when you're in traumatic experiences, we've most of us heard of fight or flight because you have a nervous system and your nervous system, naturally, you have your, your parasympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic. Yes, yeah, and then you have your other nervous system, but your nervous system as a whole governs your body, right? So your responses to the environment or the stimuli that you have um, is governed by your experiences and what you've gone through and how your brain relates to those stimulus. So when we say fight or flight, you either stand there and fight due to the stimuli or you flight you run due to stimuli and that could be anything. So those are two uh, broader terms, but what does it look like um, to fight, right? 
So when trauma responses and you see fight, that they're stuck in a fight response. This is a nervous system is in a fight response. And how does that shape your How does that nervous system when you're in a fight response, how does that shape your personality, your behaviors, your ability to be emotion literate, all that? How does that shape that, right? When you're in a fight response, you could be a workaholic. So you're constantly doing. That's your way of fighting. You're constantly doing. I got to do. I got to do. Accomplish, accomplish. It's all about getting it done. I got to stay on I-10 by 10. I got to keep doing. Can't sit it down. The minute I sit down, that's when the devil's coming. That's when it's on me. So workaholic. That's a tra- traumatic response to going through something. Can't can't sit still. That them thoughts going to get me if I do. So what else? Overthinker. You've been through it. Stuck in flight. I'm over. I, uh, I got to. Uh, oh, I got to be on it. Uh, oh, you might be you uh, hypervigilant. Uh, you, yeah, you looking at me. Why are you looking at me like that? Well, what's up? You know me from somewhere, cuz? Like, what's going on? And, and all that. Hey, can you tell me where? the? Oh, my bad. I thought you somehow. I thought you. And it's like where people's minds be, be related to their trauma, be related to what they went through. Right. So we got that flight response. We already talked about being a workaholic. Can't sit down. Got to keep doing. Got to keep doing. Then we got that workaholic, that overthinker. Uh, can't control their mind because they're stuck in that fight. They're stuck in overload. They've been overloaded so much that they're constantly thinking about what's coming, what's what's going, where is everything and what that lead to anxiety, panic, OCD. Right. This is what we look like when we stuck in fight. When we stuck in fight, difficulty sitting still, right? Or a perfectionist got to be on. Okay, yeah, I can't even deal with you. You don't even clean up after you sell. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man, it was a tissue on the. Well, can't deal with you. We're we're not gonna be able to date because of this. And you see, it different. It expresses differently in different places. You know, oh, you ain't pick your shoes up. Oh, you dirty. Oh man, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just my bad. Where where they need to go? These things and how people act and how people perceive things are related to their trauma. So when you see a person who always cleaning, always cleaning, can't sit still, it's not clean enough. You got to think, man, why, why, do you, why, why is their nerve so bad? Why is their nervous system stuck in a fight? And, and you have to start to realize that now. I'm educating you guys to the traumatic responses so you can start to understand yourself. Do you overthink? When did you start overthinking? Um, are you a workaholic? Are you able to sit down? Are you, it's, it's all about results, results, results. What's going on? Like figure it out. Self-awareness, self-awareness. Do you have the ability to sit still? Are you a perfectionist? All right. That's just fight. So we also talked about fight or flight. So what does flight look like? Flight and what flight can look like is, Right. Oh, excuse me. I just gave y'all flight. That was flight. Flight was run overthinking, workaholic, anxiety, panic, OCD, difficulty sitting still. That's flight. You overthink, you caught in the, I got to run, I got to, that's flight. My bad. Scratch that from the record. That was flight. If I said fight, please go back. And all of that is related to flight. So if you're overthinking, you're in flight mode. If you're if you're difficulty sitting still, workaholic, that's flight mode, right? So we're going to talk about fight mode. 
excuse my French, fight mode. All right. So what does fight mode look like? Fight mode is distinctly different because flight, like I said, you're a workaholic. You got to be in motion. That's flight, you know, survival mode. I got to be on I-10 by 10. Like I'm stuck in flight, right? So in fight mode, we see this a lot too. We know people who stuck in flight. So we starting to see that, right? You see that people who can't, you know, control their emotions, their anxiety field, OCD, right? So fight mode is people angry. All the time, outbursts. Ah, uh, what you say to me, cuz? Like I said, you looking at me, cuz? What's up, cuz? What's going on, cuz? What's up? We got a problem? What's going on? You stepped on my shoe, bro. Uh, hey, what you say? Oh, yeah. Night. They on 10 before, they in round two before round one even started. They they ready to punch you in the mouth before you, you might have even just been trying to even just communicate and they already on 80,000. They like, hey, you know, on one thou wow, right? So we gotta understand anger, but that's tar- that's tied to fight. That's tied to fight now. Controlling, control. So when you got that girlfriend, or you got that boyfriend. Oh, you gotta be like this. You better be like this. Or narcissist, and it's like, ah, if you're gonna be my gal, you gotta look like this. If you're gonna be my girl, you gotta have to do this. If my guy, they pay everything. Controlling, not emotionally available, like. That's a fight mode. You've been tra- traumatized. And we see that. When you start talking to girls, it'll be like, uh, I-, I can't date because they didn't dro- dated a broke, busted down dude who then took them down through there. So now because they traumatized, oh, I can only do this. Same thing with guys, guys especially. Oh, my goodness. Uh, y'all, guys, we be in this mental health. This man's mental health month this month, too. And brothers, we need to wake up. And I'm talking about I don't care what color you are. You a man. You got emotions. You need to wake up because you will be out here acting like you don't. And the women, they you go, we you know we date, right? We be in our relationships, right? And they impact us because you can deal with a workaholic who's been traumatized, and that can impact you. You can deal with a narcissistic bully, and this be a woman, right? Because these characteristics of trauma responses aren't exclusive to men, but they're exclusive to people. So you can go through this as a man. And then you ain't going to process this stuff. You're going to go through like, oh, that's normal. I am a man. You know what I'm saying? I'm good, bro. We good over here. And you over here crying on the, on the inside. And and in any given moment, you either going to fight or flight or the other two that we about to talk about. And then you, you're going through life unprocessed and now you can't have good relations. And now you want to be a hoe. And now you want to be... Uh, in the streets or for the streets because that one woman was either uh, was very traumatic to you, right? Instead of healing and processing, understanding that she was traumatized and she went through something and she may have impacted you, we take it as men and it shapes us and we end up being, you know, uh, dogs. We end up being, you know, caught up in destructive behaviors. Like I said, we adapt those destructive behaviors and it leads to early death because we lonely, uh, because we, we, we overindulging and stuff that doesn't suit our health. Like, man, it's real out here. Like we have to wake up and see how all of these things are connected, right? So that we can start to practice the right behaviors because you got the anger outburst, you got controlling, you got the bully, the narcissist, explosive behavior. Narcissism is very, very, very big topic right now. I mean, 
and that's a traumatic response. Most narcissists dealt with narcissists. That is a learned behavior um, that people validate each other with. Like, you know, that whole um, I ain't got no feelings, uh, that whole minimalizing other people's feelings. We live in a very selfish, narcissistic world. And that's what really, you know, keeps that generational cycle going of traumatic responses being fighting. And it's it's it comes from all the things we talked about, you know, starting as a child. If you've been dominated in a certain way, you it validates in your mind. Well, when I, I can do it to other people, that's cool. It's okay for me to do it to other people. And it's not, it's not at all. Like you hurt people, hurt people, like we keep saying. So, but I know we talk about fight or flight, and we said flight, workaholic, overthinker, OCD, difficulty sitting still. Uh, perfectionist, and we said the fight. The fight is anger outbursts, the bully, control, the narcissist, gaslight, the liar, right? Explosive behavior, right? So we got other responses that we don't talk about, but it's very prevalent when they talk about trauma responses. So as a child, when you're raising your child and you start to see your child bullying other children. What happened? Why is that cool? What, you start to see your child always, you know, um, trying to, you know, make everything perfect. It's like, what's going on? Let's start to, as parents, why is my child doing this? Because they're going to become grown adults and they're going to be looking at it like, I do this because my mama, my daddy, my family. And I've been there. I know. I know for sure. So you, we as a healthcare professional, I'm just keeping it real with you guys to, you know, like, wake up, like, you know what I'm saying? Wake up, everybody, no more sleeping, and I'm going to keep singing that, because again, we got to start to practice the right way. We've acknowledged the wrong way, but we got to start to practice the right way, and it's education, 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 Um, and it don't always have to be therapy in the way of talk therapy. There's a lot of different therapies out there that can help you with trauma and it's not just going to a psychologist um sometimes it's it's going to see you know um a massage therapist or going to you know swim or you know sound therapy there's so many different therapies that are out there that can help you release this tension that's built up on your nervous system right so you know we got to understand like how that works how that works man um, because these other other systems of um, trauma response is like freeze. So you got fight or flight, fight or flight, but then you got freeze. And what does freeze look like? Freeze look like that's the child who can't make decisions for themselves. That's a child that's stuck, that's disassociated, that's numb, right? That's a child that's isolated, right? A child that's antisocial doesn't know how to engage, they're stuck in, they can't be in public, social, you know, that's that child, right? Okay, so freeze, that's that's major, that's major, it's major. Hold on, hold on, hold on, guys, hold on. It's been an eventful night, it's been an eventful night. But, you know, that freeze, like I said, we got that freeze, and freeze is like one of those things where you can see it on children who can't articulate themselves, right? You know, they've been dominated. They've been, 
taken advantage of. They've been emotionally, you know, put in a place where they can't move, right? So you got, you know, you got those things. We over here, you know, talking about freeze and the trauma responses. So freeze is a trauma response, right? That, like I said, is characterized by difficulty making decisions, being stuck, you know, disassociation. So that's the child that is, you know, again, doesn't um, feel comfortable around other people or is very numb, uh, sees things and is not able to integrate their emotions in a healthy way. Um, and we see that a lot with children. Um, and then the next one, right? We got fawn. Fawn is a major one because we see these types of people and it may not necessarily come off as trauma. So the other ones like fight or flight, those all seem very traumatic. Like you said, the workaholic, the overthinker, um, the person with the anxiety, right? The perfectionist, right? So those are traumatic responses, right? Or the person who's numb, can't make decisions for themselves, right? The bully, right? Narcissist, but the fawn, the fawn, the fawn, right? So what does the fawn look like? And so these are traumatic experiences, right? The traumatic responses to experiences. So the fawn could be a people pleaser. So a people pleaser is somebody who, you know, they they may be hurt, but, you know, they're still going to go out there and allow you to you can give them another chance, you know, or even if they know something's wrong, they're, they're, they're not going to speak up. They'll rather put their feelings to the side to keep everybody else happy. And we don't look at that as a traumatic response, right? But like I outlined before we started talking about these, is that when children grow up in a, an environment that they don't have feel safe, where they have to be the parent or they have to help their parent with their emotions, they then become the people pleaser because they don't want to be a burden. They don't want to burden their parents. They don't want to be... They don't, they don't want to have to, oh, my parents are already upset. I don't want to make them more upset. So what you start to do, you want to crack jokes or you want to, hey, what, what can I do, mama? So you, you, you always have that mentality of trying to please as a way of conflict resolve, right? Um, and, and that's a traumatic response because, again, like we said earlier, when you're trying to please, who's pleasing you? Are you expressing your true feelings? Are you expressing who you really are and or are you crying inside? Are you are you lonely inside because you're not actually expressing your feelings? So the people pleaser, that's a traumatic response. I've been there myself. I know how that can feel where you get caught up in giving and giving and giving and giving and never receiving, never receiving. Right. And then that can lead to a lack of identity, because if you're not speaking up of who you are, that fawn will have that lack of identity where it don't matter who, where they're at. That's what they're on. You know what I'm saying? Like the, anybody can dominate them. Uh, anybody can run game on them, um, you know, because they're a people pleaser. They're going to go along with the get along. They don't really have a strong identity to stand up for themselves. They take whatever's coming to them. Right. And because they want people to be there, you know, they're codependent. As they say, they're codependent. They're going to take it. They're going to take whatever. It's whatever. You know what I'm saying? So 
you know how it goes. So the boundaries, uh, you know, what people have, they have, you know, no boundaries. And when I mean by no boundaries, like I said, these people that are fawns uh, put themselves in places where they could be overtaken, um, like, you know, you don't have an identity, meaning like when you're in a group setting. So we're asking people, which way are we going to go? Uh, you make your suggestion. I ain't listening to you. And then you go along with them. Right. Even though and we've seen this before, like because you're a fawn, you've been traumatized and this is your traumatic response because you're codependent. You thinking you, you're not going to be anybody without them being there with you. Right. So you are your identity is tied to your group. Your identity is tied to your gang. Your identity is tied to your family. And your identity is tied to your mother. Your identity is tied to your father or your siblings, right? So then you 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 have this, this thing where um, you don't have no boundaries. So you can be taken advantage of. Most likely, most people who are fawns, people pleaser, they are being taken advantage of. Because like I said, the other traumatic response is the bully. You don't think a bully is going to take advantage of a people pleaser? You don't think a narcissist, and that's who they are, is going to take advantage of someone who doesn't have boundaries? You, someone who's controlling, right? If you don't have boundaries, the someone who's controlling going to take it. So these things, that's why we got hurt people hurting people. So you got the angry person who's who has the explosive behavior, but then you got the fawn who's codependent, meaning they'll take whatever the person is giving them. They'll I, and I I I just I just want you to be happy. What about your happiness? What about what you got going on, right? So. That codependency is major, and we see it. We see it. I mean, we see it in families, um, between children. Like you know, you got parents that raise stay-at-home children, right? So that 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 child most likely got a parent who's a bully or narcissist, and has raised their child to be a people pleaser. So that child's gonna be over there taking care of mama. Oh, I gotta give everything to mama. I gotta I gotta make sure mama good. And it's like you. Mama controlling your life now. Daddy controlling your life now. You don't have an identity. Your identity is tied to your family, right? This is this is why parenting is so important because we're raising people who only know how to overthink, who only know how to fight, who only know how to be numb, or who only know how to, you know, people please and have no boundaries and be codependent. This is the adulthood of the, the millenniums. Everybody's trying to figure out who we are. I can't keep a relationship because you're numb. I can't keep a relationship because you're a bully. I can't keep a relationship because you people please. You don't have an idea. You don't have no boundaries. You can't keep a relationship because you overthink, right? This is because of our trauma that we've unpro- we have not processed. Our parents have shaped us in a crazy, crazy way, and we have not processed any of it. Our childhood, or as parents, you're shaping children in a crazy way. Your childhood. So you got to understand. Wake up, everybody, no more sleeping in bed. For real. You know what I'm saying? I know I can't sing, but it sounds good. You know, we got to wake up. Our children, you was a child. And do you do any of the things that I just said? Are you a fawn? Are you a people pleaser? When did you start becoming a people pleaser? Do you got boundaries? Do people walk all over you? Right? Do you just give them a second chance 
You know what I'm saying? After they didn't hurt you 35 million times, you give them another chance, another chance. Or are you a uh 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 what they say? Uh um, excuse me, are you the fight? Are you a bully? Are you a narcissist? Right? So when you deal with people, do you try to control them? Right? Like, what is your what is your response? Are you in freeze? Were you numb to everything? You disassociated? Were you like, are you really don't care? You nonchalant? You have difficulty making decisions. Your mind is foggy. Who are you? And how is it related to your childhood experience? How is it related to the parenting structure? And parents, are you seeing this in your children? And if you are, what's, let's find out the root. Let's figure out what happened. How did you get here? How did you get here? Because are you a flight workaholic, OCD? Like, this is that real for our people. And that's why on Soul of Us, you know, I had to get this to y'all despite the technical difficulties, you know, despite the sound, despite mama coming in, you know what I'm saying? You know, all that. That's love. It's a part of the experience. Y'all got to get this information, this trauma awareness, this social emotional learning, emotional literacy. They got to know what it looks like. You don't have, like, this should be regular information in communities, but emotional health. You shouldn't have to pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to get this information because information is the one thing that they can't take away from us. Knowledge is power. Knowledge. So once you know, once the veil has been uplifted and has your eye, I can see clearly now that the rain is gone, then we can start to move on this yellow brick road towards eyes and living a life of happiness, a life of stability, a life of closeness and connection. Because right now, if you operating in these traumatic responses, your connection level isn't as high as it could be. Your relationship building isn't as good as it could be. Your self-awareness, social awareness isn't as strong as it could be because you're stuck in one of these responses. Fight, flight, freeze, fawn, people pleaser, bully, nonchalant, overthinker, right? We see these things and we normalize these things. But we don't normalize. We should not normalize these things. We should work it out. Work it out. We should talk to each other. Why do you do? Why do you feel like you unsafe? When did you start feeling like you unsafe? Start to be there for each other, listening to each other. Like the fact that your friend may acknowledge something may be the one thing that they needed to do to overcome what they got going on. Right. So we got to be able in children. Children need more spaces to talk about what they're going through. More spaces. They need more programs of geared around social emotional learning, geared around emotional literacy, geared around trauma awareness, so they can know that what they're going through is not normal. How you're responding to it is not normal. And but you can with help, with education, with tools, right? We can help you cope. We can help you live a, a, a purpose-driven, happy life. But we got to know and understand that without revealing, we cannot heal anything. And this education is the revealing. It's the re-education process of every human being. And the trauma lens is one of those tools that is a part of this re-education process. Right. So, again, we talked about a lot today. We talked about, you know, parents. Who are they? Children. Who are they? We talked about what it looks like to be traumatized 
as a child, whether you're the parent traumatizing or you're the child receiving that parent, that traumatization. We also talked about what does those responses look like? We looked at the action, action of trauma, but we also looked at the responses to those actions and what that looks like and how you can look at a person and think that they well adjusted and they could be there. Right. So, you know, everything is almost good. I mean, excuse me, everything is, you know, we're getting it out there. I just want to say that I really feel this information is the great equalizer. And that's why I'm so passionate about it because we got, it's like people flickering light bulbs. And I don't want you to be a flickering light bulb. Yeah, you may produce light. You may be able to get the light room, the room, uh, you know, where everybody can see it. But I want you to be a stable light like the sun. I want you to be able to, you know, express your light in its fullest beauty, express your light in its fullest potential, in its fullest purpose, whatever it is. Right. So take this information. Think about it. Re-listen to the podcast. Research it for yourself. If you need coaching, I'm here. Your favorite mental coach, you know, your favorite mental health coach, your favorite emotional health, emotional wellness coach. You know what I'm saying? So reach out and let's take this step by step to, you know, opening up, becoming more self-aware, more socially aware, learning how to make good decisions. Because everything that we're dealing with is about choice. You may have been traumatized, but that doesn't have to shape your future. That doesn't have to shape your outcomes, your potential. It can be used as fuel, but I'm a, I'm here to teach you. I'm here to to educate you guys on how to use that as fuel, how to um, be goal oriented despite the testimony, right? Despite the trauma that you're going through. So it's it's a. I appreciate you guys um, coming through each week, spending an hour to an hour and a half with us. Today has been about an hour and a half, almost two. Um, uh, because we had some technical difficulties, but it's been great, man. And I hope you guys, you know, feel empowered from the information that you received today. Um, those trauma responses, especially the flight, the fight, the freeze, the fawn, the overthinker, the narcissist, the numbness, numbness, disassociation, the people pleaser, codependency. Everything that we see today, knowing that that's rooted in your childhood, rooted in traumatic experiences, rooted in your parenting, your upbringing, right? You know, so I just want you guys to really take heed to the information that we put out here each week as soul of us. And again, you can follow us um, at Facebook, U.S. Family Services. Instagram, Soul of Unified Stance, YouTube, Soul of Us, or you can listen on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts. Check us out. Reach out. Um, we do speaking series, uh, classes, mental health, individual coaching, um, just whatever resources you look at. We're resource brokering over here at Unified Stance Family Services, specifically working with marginalized communities. Um, and oppressed communities so that they can live a better, equitable life. Um, so reach out. We love you guys. Again, it's been a dynamite episode. 
we learn in each time. Um, I love you guys. Peace, light, and love. Have a great Juneteenth. Juneteenth. That's y'all heard around the world. Pop some fireworks. Whether you white or black, celebrate it. Celebrate it. You know what I'm saying? Because that was something that was destructive that ended. And, and not only did it end, uh, it's something that ultimately prepared us to be who we are today. So let's celebrate it, man. And also happy Father's Day to all those fathers out there. Um, continue to be great people, whether it's your child or it's not your child biologically, and whether you're a mentor or whatever. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. You know, keep standing up. We salute you guys. Um, for real, nothing but peace, light, and love. So, you know, sit back, enjoy y'all brew or something, whatever you do. And, you know, enjoy the games, the playoffs. You know, happy Father's Day, everybody. Um, happy Juneteenth Soul from Solar Unified Stand. Soul of us, we love y'all. Y'all have a great weekend. And we signing out.